Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. We're in day three, or part three of this series called Uncancelled. And what I really want to get in today is going to step on your toes in just a moment. And so, uh, some of you tell me, you're like, Pastor Chris, you're too nice. You need to step on your toes. So, you've wanted it. It's here today. So, I'm just warning you, alright? So, you asked for it. Uh, but, but here's the other part. is I wanted to say a huge thank you because last week, we looked at part two of Uncancel. And we've been in cancel culture. And how many are ready for uncancel culture? So, uh, that's, that's hence this message series. And so, last week, at the end of service, I just asked everybody here. I said, hey, grab your cell phone and text me if you need to be involved, if you want to get involved. And again, I would again ask you to do that today. But I had over 18 of you text me and say, you know what? I'm just sitting on the sidelines. Put me in, coach. And so, uh, yeah, come on. That's awesome. That's awesome. In the last two weeks, you ready for this too? This is just, we just got to celebrate. And so here's what, I want us to give our best praise to God. Whether that's shouting, whether that's clapping, just, just dance with clothes on please. And it, whether it might be, uh, is, is this, is that in the last two weeks we have actually had within our church body, from my standpoint, from what I can see, we have had 20, at least 26 people say yes, hold on, to either a first time decision in the last two weeks or to say I want to make it right with Christ. And can we just give him praise for that? That's about him. Come on, we can do better than that. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Okay, so I have a claim statement today for you. Here it is. All right? Here's what I need you to read with me today. If I offend you today, I should have said when I offend you today, um, I ask you to first look at the Bible and then come talk to me. If you agree with that, say yeah. Yeah. Okay, now I really want you to read it again one more time because you said yeah, so when I get your email later, I'm going to say, well, what does it say in Scripture first? If I offend, when I offend you today, I ask you to first look at Scripture, the Bible, and then come talk to me. If you still agree with that, say yeah. Yeah. If you don't agree, I don't care. All right, so here's the deal. How many remember? No, I'm totally serious. Okay, so how, how many of you remember kindergarten? You remember that? Remember when things were simpler back then? You know? Some of you, maybe. There was one moment, like, like just not the whole year, you know? Like, I'm not even talking subjects you learn. I'm married to a teacher, and I don't even know half the stuff she talks about. But, and that's math, alright? So, I remember my favorite part of the year in kindergarten. I loved it. I looked forward to it every year. Some of you probably still would if we had it today. I don't even know if we had it and COVID is, you know, whatever in the last year. But, but here's the deal. The thing that I absolutely loved was that day in the spring, which we're close to, that we were all ready for. Track and field day. Yes! Yes! Love you, Paul. Man, how many remember track and field day when you were in elementary school? Was that like the greatest day ever? Was that, that was just like, I don't have to be in school, I'm outside. I get, I get to throw a ball as far as I can. I get to hit my teacher in the nose with a disc. I, I mean, it's like, it's so awesome. And I'm out there and, and we get to run all these events. And I'm not a very fast runner. My kids laugh at me the way I run. It's just, it looks really weird. And, and, but the, my favorite event was the high jump. 
Love the high jump, man. And so here we are, a whole kindergarten class of like 100 kids. And we're, we're lined up and we're running. And kind of like the limbo style, they would hold it up for you and you would have to, you know, jump across because there was no padding on the other side. So if you missed, you missed, all right? I think that would do kids good nowadays, by the way. Take the padding away if you fall down. Teaches you a lesson quick, you know? All right. And so, like, why do they say no diving in the short end of the pool? Like, like why? Okay? Don't, don't you think, like, you're going to figure it out? I mean, come on. Go. I want to watch that happen. All right, I'm just saying. Anyway, so what is wrong with Chris today? Just being real. All right, and so here's the deal. We're jumping, and, and what happens? If you all make it through, you all get over that bar the first time, jumping, not limbo, you get to go back through again, right? So it weeds out all the people that didn't do well, right? And so we go through, we go through. We get down to the top five. I remember this. This was kindergarten. This is like one of the earliest stories I can share with you about what I remember. And here we are. And we get up and the first one goes, second one goes, third one goes, fourth one goes. I don't remember their names. I don't remember who's in that class. But here I am and I'm getting ready to go and I'm doing my crappy run. And, and I go and I miss the bar. And I tumble down into the grass. I bruise, whatever. I didn't care. But I'm like, dang it. End of the day. End of the day. We're all standing and we get awards. And I love awards. And so we're standing there and, and they're, like, they're like, all right, now we're going to give the high jump award. Yeah, okay. and, and they're like, fifth place goes to I'm like, that's me. I'm fifth place. And so she hands me, have you ever had like a fifth place? Room? They're like, like a weird green olive color. Right? <laughs> Didn't care. This was like, I earned this ribbon. And she hands me this ribbon. And I'm like, yeah, awesome. And then she goes, now we need everybody to line up. The whole kindergarten class of, I don't know, 100, 200 kids. And I'm like, what's going on? And she goes, we have a ribbon for everyone today. And I was like, what did they do to earn their ribbon? Oh, we just give it to everybody that shows up. And I was confused. And I thought, I earned my fifth place ribbon. I didn't earn, and it was blue, of course. And so... I'm like, what do I do? So I go home, and I'm confused. Well, nobody wants to tell their parents that they got fifth place in the high jump. So I like a race on the back of the ribbon. And I said, Dad, look what I got. I got first place in high jump. I lied to his face. Because I no longer felt what I deserved was good enough. I wanted the free handout. Can we go back to that claim statement just for a moment, real quick? There you go. If I offend you today, I ask you first look at the Bible and come talk to me. All right. Okay. We all remember those days. But we live today, and here's the deal. I still have my ribbons, by the way. Okay? Guess what I did a couple years ago as I was going through my, like, you know, special bin kind of stuff. I kept the fifth place one, got rid of the blue one. Because I'm like, I earned that one. I remember that one. Now, we live in a day and age today where we hand out ribbons because it's expected. Amen? Okay. It's getting a little tight in here already. I'm not even to the really juicy stuff yet. We don't want to offend anyone. So therefore, we hand out the participation award. We want to make sure everybody feels included, even though we didn't earn it. We just want to give that to everybody. Because I don't want to make somebody feel offended. I can tell you this. In the last year in our culture, not one person has been offended. And that is a lie from the pits of hell. 
So what's the root of it? What's the root of the offense? What's the root of, of every offense? Whether it's this, you know, like, man, devaluing what I did. That's what it did to every kid on that team. What does it do? Today, that sin is manifested into a word that describes it full well. We'll put it on the screen. Everybody say it with me. Here's the word. Let's say it together. Oh, oh, can, can you just like feel your toes right now being like, I'm going to like crumple them back into my, into my shoes because I just don't want them to be stepped on today. Or how many are like, here's my foot. <laughs> half and half. All right, that's what I figured. Okay. You know, for me, this went all the way through high school. Got into high school, went to St. Francis. That's where Heather and I met. We have five kids. Heather, my better two-thirds, uh, even though she's a third of my size. Will you wave your hand? All right. And so we've been married for uh, over 20 years. It'll be 21 years in July. We met in high school. And uh, yeah, thanks. Um, that almost sounded like a pity laugh. Okay, or a pity clap, I mean. We met in high school, but in high school we met in theater. We were theater nerds, we loved theater, and I remember in the first year, my freshman year, doing theater, and I did really well, got to be the lead in one of the plays, even though it was a horrible play, and a year later, we had a new director. And so here's what I'm going, I'm going, man, I had the lead, I've been in every play up to this point, director loves me, he's no longer here, we get this new director, and I'm thinking, she's going to love me too. And so I go, we do auditions for this play, and she posts the parts, I'm not even on there. And I was ticked. I'm like, I deserve this. Because the whole last year I was in every single one. I've put my time in, man. Doesn't anybody see what I've done? This is mine to have. And I go and I talk to her. You know what she said? I don't even know you and I don't care. They're better than you. Now, she didn't have like the greatest bedside manner in the world. But she was right. It was her decision. It was her call. She was the leader over that. I didn't know everything. I didn't understand the part. And it was a phenomenal play. But I was like, can I, can I just help like in the back somehow? Any, I, I like, just want to be a part. And she's like, absolutely. Come be a part of it. I was better than one of the actors. But anyway, that's besides the point. <laughs> How many know we see entitlement today in a lot of different ways? Okay? We, we see it a lot. You know, some of the ways are this. And some of us are guilty. And I'm not saying I'm not guilty of this either. I'm in many ways. So just allow God to meet you where you're at today. Holy Spirit, I just ask right now that you would meet, meet us each here where we're at. Maybe it's something we're in or something we've done or something we're even planning to do. God, would you just reveal your heart for us in this moment and in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the ways we show entitlement today is through social media. But I'm not talking Facebook, I'm not talking Instagram, I'm actually talking reviews. Have you ever gone in and read reviews of certain businesses? And some of them are just trash and others. Why? Well, I'm entitled. I get my voice can be heard. What what if, just crazy thought, crazy thought, and we're going to jump into the Bible and put it all together here in a moment, but what if we went to that business owner and we said, hey, you know what, I had this experience, rather than me like skewing your name online, I just want to have a conversation with you. I just want to talk because I want to help your business be better. Or, or I don't know about you, but my wife and I, a week ago, we're sitting at home checking our Wells Fargo saving, or checking account, and all of a sudden, we got extra money in there. Some of you, so it happened to some of you. I'm like, all right, what happened? Well, it makes me think we did something to deserve this. We didn't. We didn't do ever. Those stimulus, the coolest part that we got to do with our stimulus is we got to tithe off it. We got to give 10% back to the church. Okay? 
Did any of us do anything to deserve that stimulus for those that received it? No, we didn't. We didn't. We, we received it. And, and I, I'm not here to get political. You might be all a fan of it, not a fan of it. It doesn't matter. What matters is the fact that we have to look at biblically, how does God look at us? Okay? What are we entitled to? And we'll look at that in just a moment. Think about this. Entitlement is so ingrained into our culture, we don't even realize it. How many of you, the last time you went, not, I'm not talking fast food, but went to a restaurant, you sat down, and you just said to them, you said, I'll just have a burger, and the waitress or waiter didn't ask you another question about your burger and walked away and brought it to you. If that happened to you, you probably put a negative review on Yelp, right? Because what do they do? What's the first thing they ask you? How would you like it done? What kind of cheese would you like? Would you like any toppings? Do you want to see sour cream? Do you want, do you want these kind of fries? Do you want that kind of fries? And so what happens is we think it's like Burger King's motto, have it your way. We get to have it our way in our culture today in so many ways. And I think it set us up to live in this thought that we get what we deserve. What we think we deserve. How we pick a church. Was the church, does the bridge feed me? Does Pastor Chris feed me? And I gotta tell you, man, if you're only getting your spiritual groceries from me, you're starving, okay? Alright, I'm just saying, because we need to have our devotional life every day. Or maybe you're going, I need to have one that's got awesome kids' ministries. I can tell you, Bethany gives her life for this kids' ministry at this church, and she has been here for close to eight years here now, and Bethany is one of the most incredible rock stars I have ever met, faithful beyond belief, man. So she's awesome. Or maybe it's, it has this, it has that, it has this, it has that. So here's the question that I want to ask. We're looking at entitlement today, okay? And we're going to cancel entitlement, but we're going to look at something else. So are we today, in our life, in our world, this question, write it down. Are we consumers or contenders? Are we here to consume or are we here to contend? Are we here to say, man, let's go fight. Or are we just say, you know what, I just, I just want to take it. What, what's mine, just want to receive. Okay? There was only one person... Throughout history, throughout scripture, one that was entitled to anything and everything. One. Not in all of history. He was God in the flesh, perfect in his humanness. His name was? Jesus. Say it with me again. Come on. His name was what? His name was Jesus. Philippians chapter 2 verse 6. Who, talking about Jesus, being in the very nature, who? Jesus. Being in very nature. There we go. The invasion did not consider equality with God to be used to his own advantage. Rather, what did he do? Even though he was entitled and deserved everything, he made himself nothing. Oh, wait, this is our God. This is Jesus. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as man, he humbled himself. Well, how bad? How humble did he get? He just go a little way or all the way. He went all the way. By becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. It's because he knew he was entitled but gave that up. None of us are entitled. He was. Today, do you know what we celebrate today? What is today in the grand scheme of Christian? Palm Sunday, man. It's Palm Sunday. So you might say, well, what is Palm Sunday? How does it exactly work? Just to get everybody on the same page, we celebrate today as Palm Sunday. This is the day Jesus rode in towards the temple in Jerusalem, the triumphant entry as he entered. And, and I saw some kids even brought them in today. They brought palm branches in. I loved it. And so that's awesome, whoever your parents were. And, and what did they do? They laid those down and they started shouting different phrases. Do you know what they shouted? Hosanna. Everybody shout Hosanna. Just shout it. Hosanna! Literally what you and I just said in the Hebrew language, or the Greek language, we said, God save us. Or 
actually Hebrew, excuse me. God save us. God save us. Hosanna. Hosanna to Him in the highest. There's nobody higher. He's the only one that can save. And here they are doing this on that day. The praise He received was deserved. And the cool part about that praise He deserved on what we celebrate today as Palm Sunday was prophesied years and years ago. So Jesus, Palm Sunday happened about 2,021 years ago. Prior to that, this happened a few hundred years before that, prophesied about Jesus coming. Here's what it says in this psalm. doesn't have an author, but it's attributed to King David. Why is that important? Where does Jesus' genealogy come from? It comes from King David. It follows all the way down. And so David, years before Jesus walked the earth and talked on the earth as a human, it said in Psalm 118, verses 25 and 26, Lord... Save us. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. In other words, from the house of the Lord, we bless you. In other words, it's a prophecy that on this day, the king of all Israel is going to be riding in, in a triumphant entry towards the temple, and they're going to be praising him. They're going to be honoring him. And this happens. This is a fulfillment of scripture. There's over 500 fulfillments of these types of scriptures in the Old Testament. That's just incredible. So here he is, Jesus, entitled Jesus, who deserves every ounce of our praise, follows this prophecy all the way through. And how many know this prophecy was just totally glorious and it ended there? No. And do you think Jesus knew what was going to happen? Yeah, he knew. He knew. But he didn't. He continued to go through. He didn't cancel what God wanted to uncancel. You see, what do we uncancel today? Just a couple thoughts, and we're going to bring this all together. We uncancel gratitude because that cancels or overcomes entitlement. Okay? I'm speaking and preaching to this guy right now because entitlement says a lot of times, it's just not good enough. Or I'm not good enough. Or I'm, I'm just not content with what I have. I want more. Or we drive through and we see the car the neighbor drives. We see the house the neighbor owns. We see the boat the neighbor fishes out of. We see how much the neighbor makes. We get envious. And what happens is we start going, well, I deserve excellence. Well, I'm, I deserve that. I, I get, I, why don't I get that? What does gratitude say? Gratitude says this. It says, I'm content. I'm grateful. I know in God's eyes I am good enough. I know in God's eyes I am worthy. I know that God's gratitude needs to be uncanceled today because we continue, myself included, think, okay, what about this? What about that? You know, we've gone from a pre-COVID to a post-COVID world and we're still on that journey right now. Okay? If we weren't, none of us would be wearing face masks today. Things would be open all the way. We're not there yet. How long is it going to take? Just 14 days. I don't care what side of the fence you're on. That was funny. All right. But we're called to be grateful even in this moment. What is it that we can be grateful for? We celebrate at the beginning of church about people that said yes to Jesus. This happened in the middle of all this craziness. Guys, we got almost every seat filled in here again. I don't know how God's doing that. Okay? Why do you think we got to have two services next Sunday? Because we can't feed everybody. And we need you to serve at one and come to the other. Come on, yeah, praise Him. Come on, that's all right. I meet with a lot of pastors. I coach a lot of of other pastors. I've coached some in this last year that have had to shut their doors. 
And sometimes they look at me and I go, man, I'm trying to figure out this. And they look at me and they go, Chris, just be grateful. And they're right. Because we're always, I'm, I'm kind of a visionary guy. I always see the future. I'm always looking six months out, a year out. What do we need to do? I mean, Bethany and I this morning, we're looking at revamping our entire kid's wing. We're looking at throwing down some walls and, and making that hallway a little wider back there. Trying to figure out if we can do that and how. But I'm grateful we have a hallway. There's a difference. We've got to uncancel the gratitude because that overcomes the entitlement. Second is this. Just out of curiosity, just by round of applause, and like be blunt with your applause, like be obnoxious with your applause, okay? Like just be, I'm giving you permit, just be super, you know you can be obnoxious in this church, alright? How many of you in the last year have just been like, at one point, super frustrated about something? Your level of frustration mirrors your level of entitlement. Mine too. Ready for this? Entitlement, what is it? It's an illusion. We, we, we kind of couple it with control, which is also an illusion. There's only so much stuff we can control in life. My teenagers are one of the only things. <laughs> so what do we do? What do we do? Well, we realize that the illusion of entitlement has roots. Whenever there's a root, there's a fruit. So what is that root of entitlement? What is it? Well, the root is pride. Okay? Think of it this way, because the third thing is this. We have to learn to fight it. Fighting entitlement is defensive rather than offensive. Okay? We don't... A lot of times there's certain things in Christianity we fight offensively. But this is when we fight defensively because we let God fight for us. That's the entire Easter message. Letting Him take what you and I can't do. Okay, we surrender. How many just think that you just love to surrender? You live in St. Francis. I know you, okay? I know our culture because I am our culture. I get it. Okay? We're not good at... We want to fight! We're fighters in this town, man! We see it. We want to change things. I love that about our town. We're the most independent town I've ever seen in my entire life. That's because you and me, alright? But surrender means this. It means to give up my rights. How many are just like, I just want to give up my rights? I'm not talking guns and all the political stuff. Please hear me out. I'm talking simply surrendering to Him. Going, God, I give up my right to judge. I give up my right of entitlement. I, Lord, forgive me for demanding anything. Well, what's coupled with surrender? Humility. But Pastor Chris, you don't, you don't know my story. You don't know how something in my life wasn't fair. Humility is this. Humility is not thinking any higher of yourself, obviously. But humility is also not thinking any lower of yourself. It's accepting who you are in Christ's eyes. Not anyone else's. Not yours. Not even your spouse. What your kids say about you. Anybody else. What does he say about you? What does he say about you? That's humility. Let me ask you a really tough question. Could you imagine for a moment if we really received what we really deserved? The Bible calls that hell. Or sheol in the Hebrew. Resting place for the dead. In other words, there's no life in that. That's what our sins, anything that we've done, deserves. Anytime we think we're higher, we think we're entitled, is a sin. So I don't like sharing my crap from the stage, but here's just one. Years ago, 
this was probably 15, 16 years ago. Heather and I had a great time. We got to host an event at the church I was an associate pastor at. And while there, we got to bring in this couple. They're, they're an awesome couple named John and Paul Sanford. They, they started Elijah House Ministries. If you know them, they're fantastic. So we get to spend like this whole weekend with them. And one of the things that we had to write in the contract was that we got to spend a day with them. So here we are. We're leaving from St. Francis and we're heading towards Taylor's Falls to go with them. And, and we're on the way. Now, just a little background here to the story. We did this conference at our church. And, and we, the conference was just packed. People really... Uh, love these this couple no matter the denomination they're very very popular in like inner healing counseling kind of ministries so we bring them in and he's speaking prophetically he's speaking life into other people at this conference constantly constantly and you know what i'm thinking the whole time like when are you going to speak something to me man like i want to hear something and i never said it i didn't say anything but here's my chance we're alone it's the day after the conference everything's done and so we're driving along viking boulevard towards Ada to taylor's falls and and john goes stop and we're in a minivan, we stop. He's with his wife. They're, I think they were in their 70s at that time. They're older. So we stop. John's in the front, Heather's in the back with his wife. And I'm thinking John's like getting ready to like, like kill me or something? I don't know. Like, I think this is the end of my life. What Something bad's going to happen because he just holds himself very, I don't know, just a little intimidating. And he rolls down the window, he looks down, he's like smelling the air. I'm like, what in the world is going on right now? And he goes, do you want to go out there? I'm like, no. No, you, you go right ahead. What are we doing here? He goes, and, and literally says to me, he goes, well, do you think there's any morel mushrooms down in this ditch? And I'm like, what? Like, I've never been a mushroom hunter before. I have no idea. And so he's like, and he's, he's Native American, so he's like, let's go out and let's hunt mushrooms. Like, okay. And I said, before we go out into the ditch that in this area, I think is owned by somebody else once we get past the right away uh, and get in trouble, you know. I said, can I just ask you a question, John? He's like, sure. And so here's the thing. If there's anybody that ever has like a prophetic gift or somebody that wants to speak life into you, word of wisdom, don't ask them. I asked John, I said, hey, do you have a word for me? Do you have anything that you know, God wants to share with me? I'll never forget this as long as I live. I think I pooped myself just a little. He looks at me and he goes, he goes, Chris? I said, he goes, I do. You're not higher. In other words, you're not higher than anybody else. And it was like, because I was like, we did this conference and I was thinking it was all good. And like, look at how great we did. And, and like, he just read my mail. It was God that read my mail. And I sat there, I'm like... In humility, I surrender, you know. I went and grabbed a Kleenex box because I was bawling my eyes out. But, you know, that's what happens. You and I were not higher. There's only one that deserves the praise. It's not any of us. Jesus chosen all his hope and glory to walk that walk on Palm Sunday towards the temple in Jerusalem, knowing not just the praise part of the story, the perfect praise. You see, there was a little bit of confusion because the Jews thought... This is literally a political king trying to fix our political system. Again, the Bible is so irrelevant to our culture today. (laughs) And then you had the Romans who thought he was coming to do that, thought he was going to take take over. And then you had some that were more the religious, the Pharisees, that were thinking, no, you're claiming to be God, like, like all this. And yet, here's the day, all these people groups, they're, they're, they're looking at him, and you have the Jews that are praising him as he walks through these streets. Jesus, full well knowing what's going to happen, what we celebrate this Friday. Listen to this. This is the scripture right before the other one in Psalm 18. Will you put that other, the one before this one back up? Okay, that's fine. You can just leave it. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. 
prophecy about Jesus. Jesus knew he was the stone, knew he was going to be rejected, but did it to become the cornerstone of our faith. Can we hear a good amen this morning from somebody? Come on. That's the Christ that we serve. Before this day, Jesus' words were offending, they will continue to offend today, and they will continue to offend in the future. Again, I will say this, and this is a tough statement to to say, but if you have not been offended by Jesus, then you probably don't have a walk with Him. If you're not offended by Jesus at all, you probably haven't had a walk with Him. Because His words are offensive. They're cut, they're black and white, and they're real because He loves us. He wants the best for us. You know, He was offended way back in the day. Remember, He was telling people He was God. John chapter 8, verse 58. One of my favorite verses in all of the New Testament. He says, before Abraham was, what does it say? I, why didn't he say I was? Before Abraham was, I was. Just as this bad grammar? He said, I am. For those of you that know your Old Testament, who is he saying he is right here? He's saying he's God. Okay, because one of the titles of God in the Old Testament is the I am. The I am. He's basically saying, well... I'm him in the flesh. And the Jews at that time thought he was blaspheming. They didn't realize this was God in the flesh. So often today, here comes the stuff. I need you to stay with me for a moment, okay? Where I think in a lot of ways we have become in our culture, and I'm not just talking us, I think overall, and this this is unfortunate, we've become scripturally illiterate. I, I, you know, I, I miss getting in the Word or hearing. And, and we've ended up defending things out of our preference, not out of God's principle. And when we do that, we miss the boat. Without even trying, we become unknowingly geared towards our entitlement and our preference, not from the Father of Jesus, but from the Father of lies. And we get entrapped. And we don't even realize it sometimes. And today, I just want this to be free. My goal every Sunday for you, I want you to hear this, is not to, you know, oh, that was so great, that was ear-tickling. No, 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 that's not my goal. I want this to be a life-giving place that we can communicate, we can talk. But I also want it to be a challenging point where you can go back to God and you can say, God, I, I know I need to get some things right. Or, man, I want to dig into my word. But my goal is when you walk out these doors, these white ones that I picture right here on the way out of the sanctuary, into the entryway, out and outside, especially after church in just a few minutes, my goal and my, my plan, my vision for you every Sunday is, yeah, we're a life-giving church. Part of that is this, on the way out, the spirit of heaviness just drops. Hopefully it drops during worship a little, drops during the message a little. Maybe the Holy Spirit's convicting you or talking to your heart. He does that in a gentle way. And then on the way out, it's like, man, I feel good. Why is that? It's not because of Chris's message. It's not because of the worship. It's not because of who you talk to. It's because the power of God is present here. And He's present in your heart and your life. So the more you allow Him to do that, the more we get to become like Him. Amen? When we value our preferences above God's principles, we devalue God's Word. Okay? I am tired of Christians not standing up for God's Word. Okay, would my real Christians please stand up? You don't have to stand up. Okay? We did that last week. If you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. If you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. In other words, if you stand without a foundation, you can only stand for so long until it's like, well, and down. 
We need to get back to Scripture and today, and we need to live as Christians, grounded in the Word, not in our own beliefs, but His beliefs. If you are confused or mistaken, if we should bash whatever president we don't like, or if we're confused or mistaken on when life starts, or if we're confused on the definition of marriage, or if God likes divorce, or if you're questioning which way God created you, the cool part is, God's not confused by any of it. So stop letting culture redefine what God already did. Don't have to define it. He already did. So let's live like, oh, that's offensive. Take it up with Him. We went over that in the beginning. 2 Timothy 3.16 says this. All Scripture... Just the parts I like scripture. Oh, wait a second. It said all. Dang it. Even the parts I don't like. You know, for me, I overeat. Okay? That's why I got a beer belly and I've never even had beer. All right? Beer cheese soup though. Oh, man, does that sound good. All right. But here's the deal. That's still a sin. That's over. It's gluttony. It can get there. Does that mean I'm not serving God? Does that mean I'm a witness? No, it means that's something I have to continue to surrender because I haven't arrived yet. None of us have. I've been divorced, Pastor Chris. I know God hates that, but I, you know, He meets you where you need to be met. That's the grace. Okay? But Pastor Chris, I'm outside of that line. I've, I've done something that, that I know is not in His Word. He meets you where you're at. We're not here to change you. We're here to allow Him to meet you where you're at. All scriptures God breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking today correcting yeah and training in righteousness big church word righteous training in righteousness what is righteousness it means what God wants is he wants you and I to be right standing in right standing well, what does that mean how do I get to a place of right standing how do I do do I have the foundation what do I have to do how do I be good enough how do I make it worthy what do I do do I have to get my marriage back together do I have to do this none of that you know what you have to do absolutely nothing you have to surrender and accept him and say God I need you in my life I need you to meet me where I'm at. Because the only person that can make you righteous is Him. Because when the Father looks at you, He sees Christ in you when we say yes to Him. That's the only way we can be righteous. There is no other way. God meets us where we're at. But can I challenge you today with this? Don't dare water down the gospel to live your preference when it's not God's principle. Scripture, not just the ones I like, the whole all 66 books. And if you're Catholic, there's even more. 68. I think they have 78. The cool part is God meets us right where we're at. So here's what I want to do today. Can you put that last slide up of the Easter service? I'm asking every single person here to do something. First of all, God meets you where you're at. He forgives us right where we're at. He loves us right where we're at. He values you. He cares for you. He sees you. Don't need your affirmation from anybody else, just from Him. This Sunday, we get to celebrate Easter, and I'm pumped about this, okay? you got to be here Sunday. 
be here. If you're comfortable being in person, and we got people online still, but if you're comfortable being here in person, which it looks like most of us are now, bring somebody with you to one of those services. Invite them. Drag them here. I don't care. Okay? Bring them with you, and here's why. Okay? Can we kind of make up for last year? Because here, Heather and I were in our living room doing Easter last year, and I can tell you, we hated it. We hated it. We missed people. We miss the energy that this church brings. There's a phenomenal energy here because of what God's doing in and through us. Here's my challenge. Invite somebody with you next week. Invite them with you. Bring another family with. Take them, you know, invite them over for Easter dinner afterwards. Or because of COVID, you get out of that now, you know? Oh, just come to church with me. You want to go out after? Oh, it's COVID. Okay, you know? So you have to pay if we go out. All right. I know you have family dinners. Come to either the 9 or the 10.30. 9 or 10.30. Serve at 1. Come to another one to receive. But here's what I want you to get this morning in your head and your mind. As we invite, as we bring people, okay? Some people will say, no, I don't want to go. But according to statistics, only 15% of them will. 85% will come if they're invited. We're not entitled. We don't deserve to be here. I don't deserve to stand on this stage. I'm a sinner. I've made mistakes. I mean, it's been a few minutes, but, you know, we, we all make mistakes. I think so often people are afraid of church, and here's why. They think, man, church is going to try to change me. They're not going to accept me for who I am. It's one of our values, by the way, is accepting you right where you're at. It's on the website. And so our goal and our job, when we invite, my goal, my job as a pastor, even next week, we're not here to change them or transform them. You and I can't do that. I can't make you say yes to Christ. I can't make you dive into your Bible. I can't make you live a life for Him. That's between you and the Holy Spirit. But here's what we can do. Okay? We get to go fishing next week. We get to go fishing for them. Okay? We get to catch them. Okay? But we don't get to clean them. We catch them. Let God clean them. Okay? Unless you're perfectly clean and righteous yourself, don't throw the stone and try to clean somebody else. Who's there? None of us, okay? So let's pray. God, I just thank you that you love us. I thank you so much, God, that you don't give us what we deserve. But through grace, you give us what we don't. And that's you. Today, Father, if there's anyone here that has not said yes to you, Jesus, I pray this morning in their hearts they would accept you. To live a life for you. God, I pray that you have your way. Lord, in in our lives today. And maybe some of us are are in here today and we feel like fifth place ribbon wasn't enough. Maybe we feel like we're not good enough or we're not worthy or we're going through so much hurt. We don't even feel like we're worthy of your love right now. But I know I'm speaking to somebody right now. And I know, God, they're holding back tears because they just want to know the freedom that you have. And they know that and they've forgotten. And they're trying, Lord. You're telling them right now to stop trying. Just trust. Just trust. I just see that battle back and forth of, I want to trust, but my trust has been broken with the people around me. And God's just saying, He sees that. You can trust Him. Don't trust anything anyone else says. Trust His Word. Trust Him. Trust in Him today. God, right now, I pray for the person that we're thinking about inviting this weekend to one of our Easter services or Good Friday service. 
Lord, at 6.30, yeah, any of those, would you just open up the hearts to those we're about to go fishing for? Would you open their hearts to receive? However you want. Meet us where we're at, Lord. Continue to love us. Thank you, God, for sending your son today, making that entry on Palm Sunday, knowing what was to come, but yet still went through with it. Thank you, Jesus, for your humility and that you surrendered all to the Father. Lord, last week we looked at how Jesus said, not, not my will, but your will be done. He didn't want to drink from the cup, but he did because he knew it would bring salvation to all of us. We're just grateful. We're so grateful. Come on, can we just give him some applause about how grateful we are this morning? Come on, stand back. Come on. Come on. Come on, let's stand to our feet and give him some applause. Come on, can we do that? Stand up. Stand up. Come on, if you can stand. Come on, lift him up. Jesus, thank you, Jesus. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.